Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Feeling like an imposter comes from, you know deep down that you don't know this thing very well, <laughs> but um, you know, you're just trying to like, you know, um, scale through it. That is most of the time where imposter syndrome comes from. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real-world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. Hi, welcome to the Women Who Code podcast career navigation show. I'm Kimberly Jacobs, Senior Communications Manager at Women Who Code. And today I will be talking to Khaled Abdul-Hakim about imposter syndrome and how to overcome it while working in tech. Khaled is a dedicated tech career coach, AI enthusiast, and LinkedIn learning instructor with over 20,000, that's right, 20,000, over 20,000 global learners in her tech and machine learning courses. She has also expanded her reach through the Diverse K podcast, where she interviews tech industry experts about about their careers to help others navigate their own. Kyla began her career as an AI researcher, but eventually transitioned into tech career coaching due to her passion for helping people. As someone who people frequently sought out for advice regarding their careers, Khaled founded Diverse K, a community of tech enthusiasts and professionals who support each other and connect to job opportunities. Despite transitioning to tech career coaching, Khaled remains passionate about AI and its potential to revolutionize the field of education, particularly in tech education. She is exploring this topic and always seeking to expand her knowledge. In addition to her work, Khaled enjoys dancing and encouraging others to join her on her personal development journey through her YouTube channel, Khaled Tabold. Welcome, Khaled. It's so nice to talk to you today. Um, I really love your background and all the things that you're doing. And I think this is a great topic that we're going to be talking about today on imposter imposter syndrome. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about your um, career in tech and how you got started? Yeah, first, thank you so much for the warm introduction. Kimberly. Um, yeah, getting started in tech in tech was in my university days. So I was I, I studied mechatronics engineering. And I think the fact that I was surrounded by the tech energy, <laughs> you know, even though we're studying engineering, a lot of um, my mates were into tech and it just really intrigued me. And I started to learn how to code. And shortly after I founded the AI Abelkuta community, you know, when I discovered artificial intelligence and I realized that, oh, it looks like I'm the only one doing this thing. I need to, you know, get people together. So I founded this community and it sort of bloomed into like this AI hub in the city of Abelkuta. So um, I think that was my earliest, um, that, that was how I got started in the field. Awesome. Um... Do you want to tell us a little bit more how what caught your interest specifically about AI, um, especially since right now it's a hot button topic, and it feels like um, from your experience you've been into and uh, learning about and working in the AI for a few years already um, before it became like a buzzword in the news. <laughs> 
Yeah, in those days in the city of Abeokuta, especially, like it was not a thin. Um, in Nigeria, it wasn't really that popular, but you can say like cities, like major cities like Lagos, where, um, you know, getting st to do more of AI. And I just wanted to, you know, sort of do something in that city. And I was kind of a pioneer, one of the pioneers of artificial intelligence in Abeokuta in those days through the AI Abeokuta community. And it was really exciting because there were a lot of passionate young people that I got to help at that time. Um, I would learn things online and self-study overnight. And then I'll, every Saturday, I'll bring people together and sort of teach them what I learned. So it was like a lot of, oh, I had to like learn 10x faster to be able to like, you know, pour this knowledge to everybody who is looking up to or looking forward to me teaching them. So at some point I just realized, okay, I'm doing all this self-study. Um, I am helping all these people, but I didn't feel like I was growing on my own. So I decided to research conferences or groups of people who were doing AI like on a um, kind of global scale. So I found the community deep learning in the bar and they were having a conference at that time in 2019 at um, in Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> so I somehow found a way to attend um, from school that time because I was in my final year at the time actually um, so I attended um, the conference and that was where I got the opportunity to um, fortunately collaborate with the um, um, computer science department at the University of Oxford and kind of began my research into machine learning and I was researching machine learning and um, its application to autonomous driving. And that was sort of how my um, AI career spiraled. Nice, that is great. Um, and I think it really speaks to like how passionate you are about AI and learning more. And also you're just like a natural teacher, it sounds like um, <laughs> saying that you were like learning stuff and then going back and teaching others about it, um, which, totally like makes sense now how you are a LinkedIn learning um, instructor. So awesome. Um, as you began to learn more and grow in your career, what are some of the challenges that you had to overcome? Yeah, so at the initial stage, I think a, a major one was lack of clarity, which I believe is an okay one to have when you're just starting out in your career, because you want to try out a couple of things and figure out what exactly you like, where exactly your strengths are, you know, all of these things. So I would say lack of clarity was a challenge. And eventually I was able to figure out, okay, I love community building. I love talking to people. I love teaching. Um, you know, I also love research but at what capacity you know I had to do a lot of things to be able to explore what exactly I wanted where my strengths lie you know what I was the best at and all of those things so I would say it was a challenge but it was also a good challenge because it helped me really define who I wanted who I want to be and um, another one I would say is imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome came from a place of it was mostly I mostly felt it because of my age. So when I work with people, it was always easier for me to, you know, if the work goes smoothly, if they don't know my age and everything, you know, they respect me for my work, the outcome is good, everyone is fine. But when they know my age, either halfway through or at the beginning, it's almost like 
they don't really see the value of my work. And it's almost like they always want to um, sort of baby me <laughs> or like, you know, sort of like correct me at all times. And, and I'm not saying correction is bad, but there's a thin line between um, somebody giving you constructive feedback and somebody feeling like um, they are in that position where because they are older than you, they have to, you know, really pick out everything that you do. So um, I kind of became um, very, I, I kind of became what's the word? I, I didn't want people to know my age. Insecure, yeah. I was very insecure about my age and I wouldn't talk about my age for any reason. I wouldn't, um, you know, mention my age for any reason. And, you know, people just knew me for my work and that was it, you know. But then I realized over time that even if I was, you know, 23, 25, or I was 30, it didn't matter if I just had to know my self-worth and I had to be very good at what I do. So I strive to be very good at what I do. And as far as I know, I'm good at what I do. I know that I am what, you know, being in the positions that I've come into. Um, so I think that, that that's um, one of the challenges I've had. So that is um, the issue of clarity for my career and also imposter syndrome. Okay. I, I love that you mentioned clarity because I think that um, when you're first starting your career, that is a natural progression, which is something that you also mentioned. Um, but then I also am like, I hate that you um, were questioned or feel like you have to keep your ages secret because of, um, because once people know about it, then they treat you differently. Um, and I think that's like a societal thing. Um, I will say on the opposite spectrum of you with imposter syndrome, I felt imposter syndrome the opposite because I was older um, and pivoting in my career. So I relate to you in that way where I felt like I should be further ahead because of my age um, and try not to like talk about how old I am um, and still trying to like get over that a little bit in the workplace. So I think that it's relatable to a lot of women um, I also know like a lot of other women who are young and they, they excel in their career, career pretty early. And once people find out, it's just like this thing and, you know, that's unfortunate and we need to stop doing that, um, as a company. Yeah. Outside of that, well, continuing the conversation of imposter syndrome, uh, what are some methods that you use to overcome, uh, dealing with imposter syndrome and, um, how can others also use your tips for themselves? Hmm. Okay, I think I'll just piggyback on the point I mentioned earlier, and that is really knowing your worth and being good at what you do. You know, when those two things are in place, it just comes easy, tr truly. If you take the time to be very good at what you do, you won't feel like you don't know what you're doing. So most of the time, um, feeling like an imposter comes from, you know deep down that you don't know this thing very well, <laughs> but um, you know, you're just trying to like, you know, um, scale through it. That's as most of the time where imposter syndrome comes from. But sometimes you can be really good, really good. And you just feel like, okay, all these people are better than me. Why was I invited to speak at this conference? Sometimes I feel that way too. Why was I invited to speak at this? When I look at everybody and all of them have like PhDs and I'm just here, I just have my bachelor's. <laughs> and I'm like, why was I invited? So it's just thinking that, okay, if you're in that position, you were invited for a reason. You're invited because 
these people saw that your worth you know, being invited, you have the knowledge that this audience needs, you know, you have the knowledge that this company needs, even if it's at work and you feel like you're not doing very good enough. You have the reason why you were even employed in the first place is because they believe that you were good at that thing. And, you know, it is confidence, again, to sort of, um, you know, say that you don't know something when you don't know it. You know, sometimes when you try to, like, sort of, fake it like you know it that that's when you feel imposter so you don't want to if you don't know something say you don't know it if you're even speaking to an audience and you ask the question and you really don't know it you just oh I don't know that but I'm going to like you know go back do some research study about it and I'll get back to you you know things like that even if it's at work oh I haven't um, used this before but um, I'm going to learn it over the weekend and by Monday you know things like that so if you don't know it you speak confidently you don't know it but then you're always open to learn and that is where the real um, confidence comes from that is exactly how you overcome imposter syndrome just be true to yourself all the time you know and don't try to fake it I totally agree with you on that. The more like you just lean into not what you don't know and just saying, I'm going to learn it, the easier it is to become confident. Um, and I think too, to your point, um, no matter what age or level you're at, you always should be learning anyway. So no one has all the answers. <laughs> yeah. Your manager's you know, they might not even have some of the answers, but they're there to help guide you to find the answers sometimes. And I love the point about knowing yourself, um, especially with online and stuff. We see our peers or other um, women who are doing things and we feel like we get that comparison in with mm. others. Um, but if we just lean into who we are, what we believe in, what we know, what we don't know, and get, build confidence on that, it'll definitely help overcome imposter syndrome. Um, because also to your point, if you don't, <laughs> then you really are an imposter if you're not <laughs> things that you don't know. Um, but, you know, it's so easy to say those things sometimes, um, but what is like at the heart of the reason why most women, um, encounter imposter sy syndrome and yeah like why is it so common among women I, I think it's mostly our society right in every aspect of the society even from within the household it's um the the way children are raised uh, I, I know specifically in my own family like I have one brother and we the ladies are the ones that do the house chairs and things like that and it's always like the person that is expected to do like the hard work and when you think about it and you relate it to why women feel imposter, like we are, we are naturally conditioned to do like the less um, serious things or like the less, um, the, 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 less um, glaring, the less glaring things. So, you know, coming in front, um, sort of taking the, taking the, um, top position or you know taking the lead is always harder for us because we've been conditioned you know if you move in also to like um university it's always like the same thing like you just feel that dynamics um around you but it takes you to realize that okay you're possible you are you are um 
you're worth this thing you're able to do this thing and that's why it comes to knowing yourself right you have to know yourself um even despite all society says so i think that's what most that's the challenge most women face and that is why it is that way with women we always don't feel like we can take up tasks that um men would normally take because um that is how it is conditioned but i think if we start thinking that okay um yeah, I have the skills. Why can't I do this? Um, or, you know, um, if I'm really passionate about this, then I can learn it and I can actually take up this position. You know, if we start thinking like that, then I think the imposter would lessen and, you know, we'll see ourselves doing more interesting things. I agree with that. Um, those are really great points. And I, I'm curious too, because you have a community that you build with Diverse K and you have your podcast where you're talking to people about their careers in tech and otherwise, um, I'm curious how big of a, a part community plays in imposter syndrome and overcoming it. Yeah, community is really, really important um, for anyone if you want to, if you're trying to like, build your career in tech because you don't want to do it alone if you're trying to do it alone there's a lot of you won't be as motivated because sometimes the journey can be hard and you will just be stuck comparing yourself to a lot of people online and you won't realize that it's actually hard for all these people too <laughs> but if you have a community around you, you understand that okay we are seeing things the same way um it's not the, the challenges I'm facing, other people are facing it. You know, you can relate to that and you can get support from people like that, which is why like a major part of the community um, at the diverse case, we're building like, you know, study groups, small study groups where, you know, people can like, if you're just starting out, you can study with other people, you know, bounce your um, challenges off each other, learn from each other. And then there's like growth groups for people who are currently in tech too, because, during your day-to-day -day work, there can be some challenges you're facing at work and only other people working in tech can relate to you. So, you know, you would want to be in a community of people like that. There are a lot of communities. Diversity community is paid, um, but it will be valuable to you, but there are uh, tons of free communities. Even I think women who code as a community for <laughs> women. So, yeah. <laughs> So there are tons, I, I know I'm in the Slack group. So there are a couple of communities for different like cities. So you can be part of them even like locally. So a community can be very, very helpful to you, honestly, um, in your career, especially when you're just starting out, but also along your journey, you know. Yeah, I agree. And I, I would say like, I've been doing a little research and community um, really can help, especially women overcome uh, well, I would say increase their well-being overall, including mental well-being and physical. And um, imposter syndrome does kind of fall under like the mental and emotional part of well-being. And so um, I agree with you, like community is just very important, especially if you're, if you're dealing with something like imposter syndrome, because then there's other people, women who can just be like, I experienced that too. And this is how I did it. Similar to how you're sharing your story right now as well. And also just point out that it's not you, it's the culture of the industry sometimes too. So um, before I transition just a little bit more into the work you do um, at Diverse K and in AI, I did wanna ask since we're on the topic though about well-being and community, 
um, and work culture, how can managers support employees um, with imposter syndrome? I know it's like a personal thing that we have to work on internally, but are there ways that, you know, a manager can also help support that? Yeah, I think, um, and a very simple and easy way managers can support this is to, is to create an environment where employees feel like they can give their feedback easily. You know, most managers don't make it easy for you to really speak your mind. Um, sometimes even when you have ideas, your ideas don't hold much weight because you feel like, um, uh, because your managers don't take it seriously. And over time, you wouldn't even be comfortable sharing your ideas because you feel like, is my idea not good enough? Am I not good enough? You know, things like that. I've experienced that um, before. The one time I tried to work <laughs> in corporate. So it was like, okay, I have these amazing ideas for this thing that I feel um, we've moved this project forward. And, you know, you pitch it to your manager and it always seems like, oh, your idea is not taken seriously. I think from that point, you kind of start to feel like you are not good enough. You, you feel like you're not good enough. And then over time, you would not even speak up. So I think that's something like managers need to be better at. They need to be more accommodating. Even if your ideas or, you know, what you share is not, is not cannot be, um, you know, worked on currently, they should find a way to make sure that they respect your idea. So knowing that they respect your idea makes you feel good and keep it in your, keeping it on record, bringing it back up when next you're working on a similar project and, you know, seeing if it can be implemented, confirming with you um, if you should still go ahead with that or work on this new thing that seems to be a better fit right now. Not completely dismissing the fact that, oh, you have this thing and we, it's not that big a deal. This is what I think we should do. And that's it. That's final. So I think employees need more voice. They need to be hard. So I think that's one thing, one areas managers need to um, do better. At. That's a good point. Um, empowering employees to bring ideas forward, even if they aren't able to be implemented. Um, it not only helps with uh, building self-esteem and confidence, but also just building like the growth that's needed to become a leader in the industry. So um, yeah, that's a great point. But I do want to reiterate too for our listeners, you know, overcoming imposter syndrome is your responsibility. But if there's anything that a manager can do, uh, like helping support your ideas, um, you know, it's always good to have that like balance and um, perspective, so. Yeah, for, for sure, the key to overcoming imposter syndrome is your confidence. Once you have your confidence in check, I don't think that will be an issue anymore. And if it comes, you'll be able to overcome it easily because you have confidence in yourself. Exactly, exactly. Awesome, I love this conversation. Um, we're gonna pivot just a little bit. I know, it, I have a feeling it's all gonna still tie in together. Um, so you mentioned the one time you worked in corporate America, and also we know that you have many uh, careers um, in entrepreneurial type of ventures. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Diverse K and how you transitioned um, from working in tech to career coaching? Yeah. Um... 
first just to clarify i didn't work in corporate america <laughs> it was in nigeria um yeah uh, so my career i think it's just me like taking bold unrealistic moves <laughs> i think it just comes from that excessive confidence in myself so when i wanted to transition from um research it was during the pandemic um there were a lot of members from the ai community i founded um, you know, um, colleagues from school that were reaching out to me because at the time I said I was researching with the University of Oxford, right? And everyone was stuck at home. There was no like clarity. We had no idea when schools was going to start again. Um, there was then this ASU strike. So there's the strike that most Nigerian public universities experience and it can go for months because um, um, of salaries and, you know, um, so all of those things. So it was just a whole really, really tough point. And because I was getting this request for, oh, what can I do? Can you guide me? How do I get into tech? I just started one-on-one -on -one coaching. And you know, I would just talk to people individually for an hour or so, chat with them about their interest, about you know, tech careers, resources, how they can get started and things like that. And the more I did it, the more I realized it was exciting I loved it <laughs> and when they got back to me with their feedback oh I got this job oh I've been learning this thing I worked on this project it was it just gave me so much joy and I thought oh why can't I just do this <laughs> and at that time I just decided to transition completely and just make the whole coaching thing uh the, the main thing and then Around the same time, I founded Diverse K. Um, Diverse K was originally not the idea for what it is now, but yeah, that's a different story. But I founded Diverse K, and you know, initially just started with the tech career coaching, more of the coaching, and then over time, I realized that oh, um, people need to hear other professional voices, not just my voice. And I decided to start the podcast. And from 2020, October 2020. I interviewed a professional live every Friday for every week. That's from that, from then throughout um, 2021. Now I look back, I wonder how I did that, but it was really um, interesting to a lot of people. You know, the podcast got a lot of live listens, over 20,000 live listens um, on LinkedIn and YouTube. And it was very interesting because it was helpful to people. So I think from then on, I just realized that, okay, we need a community. And that, that was how Diverse sort of became what it is today. Um, I think the transition was just taking that bold step. Okay, now I want to move from this thing to this new thing I found interesting. And I'm so confident in it that um, I'm going to give it my all because it's exciting to me. Um, so I think that is what pushed me and kept me going. Even though I haven't lost my interest in AI, now I'm trying to combine my background in machine learning to this new sort of love for education and kind of see how I can contribute positively to the field. Um, I'm even starting an MS at Stanford University later this fall in education data science, just to explore. Yeah, just to explore that um, 
that side of things. So um, yeah, it's really exciting. I just think if for your career, you just need to take bold moves. Again, believe in yourself. And if you're super passionate about something, it's going to drive you to um, success. It might take time. <laughs> it will definitely take time. But the thing that will keep you going is the fact that you strongly believe on this thing and you know you're seeing results from this thing and yeah you, you're just very hopeful yeah that is very inspiring um and very interesting and like very hopeful because you know you're just trying to help people during covid and during just like changes that are happening in society and in your country and city um, and people actually implemented it and, you know, saw results. Um, I'm sure you probably, you know, there comes a time where you give people advice and they listen to it, but you don't really see them take action on it. So I think, you know, from, um, from outside looking in, that's very empowering and exciting to know that people are taking your advice seriously and not wasting your time um, and just helps you to realize another career. But also I love how you still are very much passionate about AI and AI research and, um, and then also mixing that in with learning. Can you just talk a little bit more about how you're able to do that and even um, how you plan on incorporating those things all together while getting your MS? Um, did you say Stanford? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I did see online that you got into both Harvard and Stanford. Am I correct on that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that just shows how awesome you are <laughs> to our listeners. <laughs> she had to choose between Harvard and Stanford. <laughs> yes. Um, please tell us more about just being able to combine the two or three together, your coaching, your uh, ability to teach and your love for AI and research, because I think a lot of people think their career has to look one way and you are um, evidence that that is not, that does not have to be the case. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kimberly. So um, the specific way of plan to combine this is um, from a challenge that I faced at Diverse Care, I realized that most job seekers, um, most job seekers find it hard to recognize their skill gaps and also know the right resources to, you know, study in order to fill those skill gaps. So the first problem is knowing even what skills you're missing that is not, um, that's preventing you from getting your dream job. And secondly, what are the resources you want to learn? So I'm what I exactly I'm trying to do and what is particularly of interest to me right now is figuring out how, you know, we can, sort of automatically identify candidate skill gaps because the only way to do this right now is through one-on-one -on -one coaching and uh, you know talking to each individual one by one you know knowing what they are lacking recommending th resources to them and that is not scalable and i realized that the more and more people in tech this, should, this could be a solution that is scalable and that is a solution that can automatically recommend um sort of identify the skill gaps of a candidate based on some prior information that they provide and sort of recommend accurate resources to them, you know, that they can use to fill the skill gaps and um, better position them for jobs. So that's specifically what I'm interested in right now. Um, it's all trying to grow diverse K and make it a better solution for um, people in tech. Um, but broadly, I'm interested in 
um, adult education, you know, um, and how we can use technology to make it easy for people to learn continuously, because learning is, um, is something that you do forever. It doesn't stop. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's my interest. I love that. And yes, learning is something that you really do have to keep doing throughout your whole life um, and being curious. I'm such an advocate for that as well. <laughs> uh, so thank you. I did want to ask before we transition a little bit, one final question, just in the AI realm, um, AI, chat, GCP, GP, GPT, GPT, yes, are very like popular right now. They're in the news a lot right now. Uh, people are becoming more aware of the resources they can use for that. Um, based on your background and love for AI, what would you like um, people to know? Not only people that, well, specifically people that work in tech, but also people who may be like feeling... Um, disempowered by the advances of AI? Yeah, so I think it just educate yourself, right? That's the first thing. I made a video recently on LinkedIn where I was talking about, oh, today you're going to hear chat GPT, GPT-2, GPT-3, GPT-10. What are the differences? <laughs> like an average person is like, what's, what are the differences of all these things? So I was just like explaining that, but I think you just need to educate yourself. Oh, this whole data science and AI thing, machine learning, um, I want to know about it and see how I can integrate it with my career because no matter the career that you're currently in, there's a way that AI can be integrated into it. So just, you know, be open to learning. So I have a course titled Inside the Mind of an Aspiring Data Scientist. So that's the one um, where you can like um, get started with data science if it's of interest to you. I just want to learn what it's about. Um, there's another course titled Transitioning into Machine Learning Engineering. So if you're even looking to transition careers into machine learning engineering, you can use this because they're both on LinkedIn Learning. I can search them on LinkedIn Learning. Um, I think the, oh, it's not those two, sorry. So um, yeah, you can use that to learn and educate yourself about AI. Just, just be open to learning basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I am not a technologist, but for that, from what I'm reading and what I'm kind of learning and experiencing, the more I read the news or learn about uh, softwares out there, I guess, are they considered softwares? Uh, the AI chats and stuff, they really are here to yeah. help us improve productivity and those type of things versus like just take our jobs completely. So <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. So you have to like learn to use them <laughs> instead of thinking that, oh, this thing is going to take my job. But as you're learning to use them also, you want to be conscious because one thing I've noticed with myself is, oh, there's chat GPT. And I tend to everything I want to write that's lengthy. <laughs> I always tend to want to go to chat GPT. And I realize that that is something I don't want to keep up. You know, I have my creativity. I have been a good writer. Why am I suddenly feeling like my writing is not good enough? Because there's a tool that um, is kind of giving me this perfect writing. Um, so I try to sort of prevent myself from going to chat GPT all the time for, you know, um, to help me write something. Instead, I just use it for as a support, you know, to support my creativity, not to completely replace my creativity or who I am, you know, um, you don't want to do that. So you want to like make sure that you just use it to, as, as a help all the time, but you don't want to um, sort of depend on them, 
you don't want to depend on AI because like over time you kind of lose yourself and then you feel like you can't write anymore <laughs> or you can't do things that AI is helping you to do anymore just because they're there. Um, yeah. Those are some good points. With everything balanced is important. I think we've already kind of experienced that with social media, like in the last, what, 10, 15 years. And, you know, as, as a, as a society learning how to balance between, yes, this is a tool to connect with people and, you know, share about our lives and things we have going on. But, you know, for other people, when they don't know, understand the balance and how to balance, um, it can just become a negative. So I, I really love that you um, made that point about, you know, just not overusing it, but also recognizing that it is there as a support and can be beneficial to you. So thank you for that. Um, all right, we're gonna officially transition towards the end of um, our conversation with a couple more questions. Um, so what do you do outside of work? What do you do for fun? Um, and how okay. do you all of, all of these things? <laughs> that was probably just a joke. <laughs> okay, um, one journey that's one interesting journey that I'm currently on is I'm trying to develop myself and better myself because, you know, we're always evolving <laughs> and trying to get better. We all make mistakes. Um, so I kind of talk about my challenges and my um, lessons I've learned, how I'm applying it to my life. I have a vlog channel. We mentioned it in, when introducing me. It's called Carlet's Abode. So I basically just talk about what um, uh learning how I'm trying to become better and I'm also building this community around this it's called evolve for people who are interested in that journey to becoming their better self so um if that's of interest to you just search Carlos Abode on YouTube and you're also going to find the link to the community wait list um I think that's the most interesting thing I'm doing now um yeah <laughs> that sounds great I mean, personal development is such a big part of learning yourself and gaining that confidence when you learn your, learn more about yourself and also just adds to your um, self-discovery and knowing who you are as well. I did look at your YouTube a little bit. You had like, um, you talked a little bit about like traveling. Do you, was it traveling alone specifically like to Nairobi? Um, yeah. Was, was it solo travel? Yeah, it was solo. I was actually invited to speak. <laughs> so I just like taught the city a bit. Um, it was solo and it was interesting too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really, yeah. No, I think it's, I, I brought that up specific, specifically because I feel like solo travel is so empowering, especially for like young women. Um, I love solo traveling. It's just a different type of like experience than with other people. I love traveling with other people too, but um, yeah, in the vein of self-development, solo traveling definitely like helps with self-development um, in that instance. So yeah. yeah for sure if you travel with people it's almost like you're stuck with those people and you don't really get to see where you are um even though you could to an extent but new experiences are limited but when you travel alone you kind of meet new people connect with new people so it's very interesting and you discover more about yourself the things you like the things you don't like yeah so I think it's really good where have you traveled to um, I traveled to Cuba for seven days solo. 
Um, and yeah, to your point too, I feel like it builds a trust in you as well. Like you learn to trust your voice, trust yourself, trust your decision-making um, in that instance as well. And then I've traveled a few places around the U.S. Um, solo also. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually plan to do more travel, so. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, I, we could talk about this all day. I feel like we have a lot of similarities um, in the things that we like believe in and how we are able to just like have been able to grow throughout our life and, uh, and career. So this conversation has been really awesome. I have one more question um, before we wrap up completely. Um, do you have any advice to give women in tech um, who may be struggling or considering leaving their career? Yeah, if you're struggling or considering leaving because you feel like you're not good enough or you think it's too hard and you can't learn um, what you're trying to learn, I think um, first you should consider finding a community. We've talked about it earlier. Find a community of other women who are trying to do what you're doing. Um, reach out to people who are already in the position that you're trying to get to and you know um ask, ask them for advice you know and all of that but again you want to be very 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 true to yourself it might just be because you're in totally interested in this other thing you know you might just be interested in oh um no there this many other careers you might be interested in art and then that's what you want to do then maybe you want to like you know work on your art you know learn more about digital arts, you know, find a way to like use technology to just leverage that your interests. So you just have to sit down with yourself, ask yourself, what is my reason for thinking I need to leave or, you know, feeling challenged? If your reason is because you feel like, oh, this thing is hard to learn, but you really want to do this thing, then reach out to people who are currently doing it find a community you know you can reach out to me send me a dm on linkedin so if that's the challenge of getting started join the diversity community join communities you know but if it's for some other reason um because you're interested in some other thing then i would say pursue it you have the time to really pursue it um don't always feel like you cannot just jump ship or do the thing you want to do you're in charge that is great advice um you are in charge of your life um i think that like that is the perfect button to all of the things that you have been uh, sharing today in the episode. It's just like you're in charge of your life and it's up to you to make decisions and figure out what is holding you back and how to overcome those things. So thank you for that. Also, you kind of shared already, but for um, is there any more any other ways that people can reach out and find you um, if they want to connect? Yeah, I think LinkedIn is the best place. Um, just search my name, Carl Atabdo Hakim on LinkedIn. And you can follow the updates, turn on the notifications there too. <laughs> and then my DM is open. Um, you can send me a DM at any time if you have any specific questions you want to ask me. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story, sharing your advice um is really appreciated and i just want to thank all of our listeners and viewers for tuning in to the women who call podcast um, again, I am Kimberly Jacobs, Senior Communications Manager here at Women Who Code, and you just listened to some really great advice from Khaled Abdul Hakim, and um, you know how to find her now, and you are you should be uh, 
very equipped as well to just begin your journey to overcome imposter syndrome if you are experiencing it. So thank you again for being on the show, um, Colette. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much, Kimberly. It was very nice talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.